Welcome to Intrepid Wisdom. My name is Deborah Jay, and on today's episode, we have Kira Sutherland. Kira is an Australian naturopath. She's a nutritionist, a herbalist, and an astrologer who lives in Sydney, Australia. She divides her time between clients, writing, and lecturing on health, well-being, and medical astrology. Known for her vibrant, straightforward teaching style, Kira has lectured in medical astrology within Australia, North America, Europe, and Asia. In private practice for over 25 years, Kira combines her knowledge in natural medicine with her passion for medical astrology into a wonderful mix of mind-body medicine. Sounds stunning. (laughs) It sounds a lot. It sounds a lot. It's just all fun. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. So the reason that we connected was I have an absolute passion for herbal medicine. I have a passion for astrology. And uh, it wasn't that long ago that I remember thinking I was I was doing the two separate. I had kind of been all around the world in different countries studying herbal medicine everywhere I went. I love tradition and I love the patterns in nature. And then I started teaching myself astrology. And I remember thinking one day, wouldn't it be amazing if the two of them linked because there's a lot of um crossover with like you know yep. all the all the elements and different modalities and I just had this great idea and I got really buzzed up and I checked it up online and then I was like oh it's been around for centuries like <laughs> I was like I didn't reinvent the wheel it had well they were used to be kind of one and the same really you know mm-hmm. if you go back in if you go back in the history of medicine um People were doing medical astrology 2,000 years ago. Galileo was doing medical astrology. Hypothetically, even Hippocrates was doing medical astrology. You know, there wasn't there wasn't that divide. The chemists were really the alchemists, and and you know, chemistry came out of alchemy, and and yeah, it was all the same. And it's just it like. I just look like I I read as well somewhere that up until the 17th century, it was a mandatory subject for physicians. So all you skeptics out there just know that it came from that. It it was the original source of medicine and then it kind of got blocked out. But before we go into that and before we have a chat about the the connections and um, what you've been up to, I'd love Mm -hmm. to know your journey and I love to be able to share people um, into a little bit of an insight into your journey. Like who were you as a kid and how did that connect to what you're doing now? So I, so I live in Australia, but if you, well, my voice is a little bad at the moment, too much lecturing, but there's actually an American accent underneath. So it confuses everybody. <laughs> I'm American born. I'm born, born and raised in San Francisco. So I was, I'm born, I'm going to show my age. I'm 51. I was born in 1969. So San Francisco was full of scientists and it was full of hippies. And I'm from two, I'm born from two scientists. <laughs> and, um, but one of my mom's closest friends was an astrologer and a massage therapist. And, you know, it, I, I got sent to summer camp, you know, Christian summer camp or YMCA or whatever it's called. And, but you would, you would, you know, sing songs by the campfire, but you would tie-dye anything white that your parents sent you to camp with, which meant I came home with tie-dyed underwear and socks. Um, so I grew up with a lot of science and a lot of just alternative was kind of the normal. So it always went hand in hand. Um, I went to university originally and did nutrition. And I actually stopped halfway through university, much to my parents' 
freak out? Should I go back and tell you other things about me as a kid? Super sporty. Like I was the Tom, not tomboy, like I wanted to be a boy, but I was just, I wanted to play with the boys. I wanted to play with the girls. I played every sport possible. Um, so I have this big sporting background that led me into nutrition and health. So that was really, I got really curious about nutrition probably from the age of nine or 10. I'm from a family, I'm from a classic American family that has a lot of weight problems. And there's a lot of people in my family that are quite big, like extended family. Hopefully they don't listen to me talking about them. So I was like, you know, I don't need this to happen. You know, I love sport and I need, so I started reading nutrition books at like the age of 10. My mom's best friend was feeding me astrology books. And so I spent, I spent a lot of my, yeah, formative years playing with both sides of it. So I had this whole spirituality side that kind of really came out in my late teens, early twenties, university, science, nutrition, took a little break, little break. I, I quit college after two years to go to Europe for, I had a working opportunity, which is another long story, but I got to Europe and I, I was in the fashion industry and I just did a bit of a segue and I had an enormous amount of free time because it was at that point, there was no internet, no mobile phones. I'm showing my age. Um, you read books or you went to the pub, which I did both. And um, I got really into astrology. And then I found I got really sick and got sent to a naturopath. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the best of both of my worlds. This is nutrition but it's herbal medicine and it it it's mind blowing this is me at 20 or whatever but mother nature gave us medicines on the planet that that just totally makes sense even though i had grown up in california i hadn't tuned into the herbal medicine thing and i was just like of course it does that just and this is a job. I was like, oh my God, this is a job. This is my job forever. And so at about 23, I moved to Australia. And luckily, Australia is kind of, it's, you wouldn't think it, but it's one of the big forefront places for naturopathy. So with naturopathy, that's nutrition, herbal medicine, and homeopathy. And, and then ooh, my little life story. Is this too long? No, I'm loving it. While I was studying naturopathy, so back to university, I was like, oh, I'm settled. I can finally study astrology as well. So I turned off and found an astrology school. And then the lecturer did one lecture for two hours on the body parts and how they're connected to astrology. And I was like, oh, my God, of course, that makes so much sense. And then at about the same time, you know, your herbal teacher is referring to old books like Culpepper, who talk about astrology and herbs. And I'm like, of course, of course this exists. This is, and I'm a really systematic person. I'm a really sciencey brained person, even though I have this whole sacred side. And I was like, this is the system. The West, Western medicine has a system and it's medical astrology, but we we threw it out in the seven, 17th century um, or 1700s even. It was still around a bit. And we, we got rid of it with leeches and bloodletting. And yet yet leeches are back. I don't know about bloodletting, but um, 
And it's just, for me, it was this incredible system where I didn't have to go to Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. You know, I didn't have to go to the East, although I've now studied that as well. And I was like, it just, it was perfect. That's my life story. There you go. It's just (laughs) stunning. And I feel so much of what you're talking about as well. Because I think for me as well, I remember learning about dandelion was one of the first herbs I learned about. And I I remember hearing, you know, when you take pharmaceutical or, you know, man-made medicine, yeah, yeah. you know, as a diuretic, it leaches your body of potassium. And then you take dandelion and dandelion knows to replace yeah. the potassium that's taken away. Yeah. And that blew my mind because I was like, how does a herb know how to do this? And I just I love in nature. It, I think if we can... um look at nature we can learn so much and the way I see it there's planets up there they weren't put there by accident there has to be a reason for it and our knowledge of it um and I just love the fact that like I for myself I I was lost for many years and then discovered astrology and I I looked at my chart and I was like well I didn't look at my chart somebody else looked at my chart and explained it to me and I was like wow I'm on a piece of paper like this whole thing is me and it explained things so perfectly so then when and I did a little bit of Ayurveda so when when the two comes together it's just incredible and it's really really mind-blowing um so how have you can I ask you in your own chart out of curiosity because I'm always curious to see when people come into particular careers what's in your chart that says this is what you're doing because there must be duality but maybe the two sides so I am a I'm actually an Aries um but I'm and I have a I mean how much astrology do you want like yeah it's so I'm an Aries but I'm a Pisces rising and so Pisces is Pisces loves the healing arts and taking care of other people and so a big part of that became you know being the healer or the intuitive side of my nature. The Aries part probably gave me the drive to do something different. You know, they talk about Aries as a pioneer. Not that I would call myself a pioneer, but I was willing to do something that was out of the norm. I was willing to kind of go, this is what I love. I'm going to do it. If it works, it works as a career. And, um, and so that's been a great adventure that I had. I was born with a just the, I mean, I don't think of it as courage, but I, it's, you know, I was born with that courage to just kind of go, well, forget what society says I need, need to do. Let me just do what I love and see if that works. Um, I have a moon in Sagittarius in the ninth house. So that's a real spirituality quest seeking higher education. I'm always studying. I've, you know, I've, postgrad qualifications in sports nutrition and yet then I still do all my astrology so it's just I think the moon makes me study the healer in me um I have Pluto you know the planet of death and rebirth and transformation sits in my house of health and illness but it's also the house of service to others so I I try to use the Pluto so it doesn't use me and yeah, and do transformation around people's health with my job. Did that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I, for those yeah. who are listening, who know astrology, they'll know what you're talking about. For those who aren't, yeah. if they check out their own chart, they might. Yeah. I just love those yeah. little patterns that, that we see. So I have, I, I also have 
not to tell you my whole chart, Chiron, which is the wounded healer. Chiron sitting really significantly in somebody's chart, like right near the angles or the first house or the sixth or the tenth, is often people that go into healing. And my Chiron sits right on my ascendant. So it's kind of right with who I am and how I meet the world is through, yeah, things I, my wounding, but how I work with others. Mm. And I think, isn't it Uranus that rules astrology or kind of is one that you'll see in a lot of astrology yeah. charts? So what have you, what's Uranus doing in your chart? Uranus is directly opposite my ascendant. So it's right on my descendant. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. Very active between ascendant, descendant. Very interesting. I love yeah. all this. Yeah. So in terms of for people who are um, tuning in, who've no idea what we're talking about, is there yep. something, what would your most basic way of, if you met somebody on the street and, you know, you, an old friend, you're catching up with them and they said, oh, you're yep. doing medical astrology. What is that? How would you explain it to people or, you know, kind of a yep. crash course? <laughs> so it's, look, I think of it much like traditional Chinese medicine. You know, everyone, everyone is very accepting of Chinese medicine, which is acupuncture and it's the meridians, you know, the energetics that run through the body. And they use five elements um, to discuss things in the body, like too much heat, too much cold, too much dryness. And, and if you go back, medical astrology is, is that as well. I mean, it's not acupuncture by any means, but it's, it's, it's looking at our elemental nature and our our hot and our cold and it's it's taking oh my god how do i explain medical astrology it's um it's looking at your not just your sun sign you know everyone knows oh i'm a taurus i'm a libra whatever it's looking at your whole makeup so what the heavens look like the moment you incarnated is like this blueprint of who you are good and bad or, you know, gifts and talents and struggles. Nothing is really bad. Um, and it's just kind of that, yeah, it's that blueprint that you were given to work with. And and a lot of it matches psychologically. People talk about astrology and psychology, but all the planets and all the signs also equate to different areas of the body, different systems and organs of the body. So because of how your blueprint is arranged, there's more pressure or more focus on certain areas. And so you can use it kind of as a roadmap of how to balance someone's health better. You know, if I can see someone has too much earth and too much stagnation in their chart, they're going to get chronic ailments that stick around and slowness or constipation or, you know, things stick. And so we need to heat them up and we need to, we need to bring more fire into them through warm foods or activities so it's it's a way to teach people how to balance and it's also a great gift and then I can see or anybody that knows how to do it you can see people's underlying systems that are more under stress so I can see if someone's a very nervous system based person and I know their nervous system needs more nourishment versus like a Gemini or a Virgo needs a lot of nervous system support with herbs or fish oil or whatever we're using whereas somebody like a cancerian it's all about digestion and their female reproductive system so i would be looking more at those tendencies to have ailments to those systems or supporting those systems then is kind of their root their root weaknesses or root issues how did that go 
Yeah, perfect. And <laughs> I kind of have two questions. So one is more so to do mm. with, um, have you ever heard of Bruce Lipton and kind of like your environment is, you know, yeah. what you're basically your environment is who you are. And so you and and actually it ties in with manifesting to some extent and, you know, you yep. attract what you put out and all the rest of it. Yep. So if you, if you look at an astrological chart um, and you see all these different areas of your life, like a map, as, as we're saying, yeah. how does that if you were to compare that to if you manifest whatever you have in your life versus what's written on a map being so because the maps aren't definite. Do you know what I mean? But no, they're just pointers. They're potentials. They're potentials. Yeah. How would you see the two of them working together or yeah. Well, what, what that's a great question. One of the things I love about medical astrology or when you study, when I talk about regular astrology is just, you know, astrology, astrology, not medical. Um, you, when you look at a chart medically, yes, you're looking at things physically, but sometimes things have manifested more due to emotional or psychological issues or psychological stressors but then they might be impacting your body physically, like how emotions impact the physical and vice versa. So it also gives you, it's a map that gives you, you know, or that blueprint gives you clues. So if I know, if I know someone is having a physical ailment, I can spot where it's happening in the chart, but we can't do anything about it. Like it just is. We can look at the higher octave of, well, what's the emotional links to that? What's your emotional issues around, say, the planet was Saturn that was causing the problem? And you can't do the physical of Saturn, but what does the emotional of Saturn look like? Or what activities can you go do with Saturn? Because often if a planet is causing strife, if you give it attention or you take it out to play, as I would say, send it some love, it will often ease up on the physical, emotional, mental level. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a bit of a cry out for help. It's like, you're neglecting me, like, give me more attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the naughty child in a classroom, right? The ones that act up are often the ones that are looking for more attention. And I often see that in a chart. We have things that we overuse, you know, our talents that we, we over focus on and deplete or the areas of ourselves that we ignore or try to hide from. They're the ones that start causing the issues so that we go pay attention to them. And sometimes it's not even about doing the physical. It's about the mental, emotional, spiritual side of what that represents. Mm. I know yeah. that, um, have you ever heard of body talks? And so yes. like certain things that you mm-hmm. say, like, you know, I can't stand the side of you or, you know, I, I can't see a way forward or whatever. And so it can yeah. affect your eyes yeah. or, he you know, stabbed like, me in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so all yeah. these, and like, I think we, we often don't realize how powerful our language mm. is and how powerful our words are. And we're constantly training ourselves. We're constantly manifesting these things Absolutely. by saying these sayings that we have in the world. Um, and I find that really interesting then because it feeds into the emotional and the feelings and then that comes yeah. out in the body and then you have um, exactly yeah. what you were saying as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they're so intertwined. And so it's not even, you know, because sometimes you can't work on the physical. It's it's just it's a genetic thing. It's there or, you know, whatever it's happened or it's just too difficult to work on the physical. So you can go to those higher octave to ease the pressure of the physical. And that's what I, that's what I love about it. Right. It's just, it's learning about the self and 
that's, you know, a big, a big part of life for me is whether it's me working on myself or helping other people, it's all of us tapping in and figuring out who we are and how we operate and what we need. And astrology just gives you such a great, great roadmap for that. And so for anybody who's listening, who may be kind of thinking, Ooh, I must have a look at my natal chart and see what's going on. Um, if you were to just play around with the idea of kind of getting, you know, looking stuff up, it can be a little bit dangerous sometimes, but if you want to do yes. it in a playful, in a playful, curious way, yes. what would you recommend or what would you, um, tell people to kind of look up in their own charts if they're having, like, I've got eczema for argument's sake. Um, so I know for me, I need to be looking up my Virgo is my Virgo is all about that. And then Saturn, I think has a problem with the kind of the well, Saturn is skin. The dryness of it as well. So can you explain for people what traits they could look out for? Does that make sense? Or is that it a very does. It question? does. Yeah. And let me also be clear, it's not it's not a diagnosis tool. Like this is not to replace proper medical care by any means. This is like, I just need to say it to be cautious here. This is like signposts and guides to show you maybe some of the triggers but it's like it's no diagnosis you don't predict like you would never predict someone's going to have an ailment or predict that they're going to have cancer or something that's Mm -hmm. not what this is about and it's definitely not you know legally it's not about diagnosis but it's about understanding triggers and looking at stuff so so what there's my little disclaimer um (laughs) like looking things up, just reading a basic medical astrology book is I think the best place to start. One of my favorite medical astrology books is by a Scottish woman named Jane Ritter Patrick. And she's got a great little book. It's been out for years, but she had a new edition come out and it's called the handbook of medical astrology, but you can, I mean, you can just Google it and things come up as well. It's, um, what do you find are the planets that cause the most problems? Because I know there's a couple of planets that uh, they like more attention yeah. than others. Well, if you go to traditional astrology, so there's also the real traditional roots of astrology and medical astrology. And then there's kind of more modern astrology, slightly two different camps, but I, I blend the two. In traditional astrology, that your two planets that are supposed to cause the most problems, they're referred to as the malefic or mal-bringing, bad-bringing planets, are Mars, which is about acute inflammation, accidents, injury, virus. It's part of your immune system, you know, aggravation, heat, fever. That's Mars. And Saturn, and Saturn is cold and restrict. It's a chronic planet. So it's cold and restriction and limitation. Um, And they were your traditional two planets of ailments. But in in modern times, I see every planet causing issues. I don't I don't like to leave it to the traditionals anymore because you have Jupiter, which is this big planet of good luck and expansion, but it also rules fat, like fats that we eat and the body fat, it rules overdoing it, doing it large, doing it big, not wanting limits, things in excess, it rules growth. And Venus So Jupiter and Venus were referred to as your benefic or benefit bringing planets. And Venus is about your five senses and pleasure and luxury and a sweet tooth. Venus rules sugar, Mm. carbohydrates. And um, I see as many problems in the modern world caused by Jupiter and Venus and overdoing it and pleasures and excess because we have access to so much, you know, 200 years ago, 
the average person only got a kilo of sugar a year. The average person now eats like 90 kilos a year. Mm. So I, I'm not one to hold that it's just the traditional planets anymore. I think ailments can come from anything, just like eczema. Yeah. Yes, we could go Virgo, but eczema is really, it's allergies and it's skins. So it can come from, that can come from your moon. It can come from your nervous system. So Mercury, um, it can come from Saturn. So it can, it can be coming from a bunch of different areas. But I think that's the beauty of medical astrology is I can go, okay, Deborah, you have eczema, but why? Mm-hmm. And I can look at your chart and go, oh, it's your nervous system over responding or it's your digestive system struggling with what you're feeding it. And I can see what the, what the probable root cause of the eczema is coming from. And that, if we then jump to herbal medicine, naturopathy, we're not about treating the symptom. I mean, we treat the symptoms. If you're itchy, we're going to help, right? You do herbs, but you have to look at that underlying cause of why something's happening. And I find what I love about medical astrology is it shows me the why it shows me the organ system really quickly of why. So I can treat it differently. Two cases of eczema, I'm going to go after very differently depending on what I see astrologically. And I think that is the beauty of medical astrology and naturopathy combined. And it's incredible because really what you're looking, it's, I find Mm. with astrology, it's, do you know, we go through life and often feel like, do you know, there's no dummy's guide to life. And, you know, we, we you kind of go blindly through it. But then when you find things like astrology, it's like, oh, there's a map. There's a map like reflexology. There's a map on your foot. Yeah. TCM, yeah. uh, traditional Chinese medicine. There's a clock with a map of all your organs. If you're waking up at the yeah. same time every single morning, check the clock and it's going to be lungs or liver or large intestine, yep. something like that. So true. Um, your eyes, you can actually read your eyes, iridology yeah. and see what's iridology. going on in your body. You can look at your tongue and see what's going on. And I, just, e- even now, my body is like, I just get really, really know because I know. I know. And iridology circular I'm always like oh is the chart in there you know some people have actually played with iridology and astrology but I I haven't seen a perfect map up map yet yeah yeah and the in Ayurveda they have a body clock as well yeah 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 there's a lot in Ayurveda actually that ties in with the um astrology side but they have their own Vedic astrology as well yeah but it ties in so well because you have the doshas you know you have the vata pitta kapha which tie in really well with our um, cardinal fixed immutable signs. You know how we, in in astrology, how we, you know, some signs are cardinal Mm. and we call that the modes, cardinal fixed immutable signs. And it it matches almost perfectly. It's just, it really is like, I'll probably Mm. say it another 10 times. It's just beautiful. I really, really love it. It is. Um, And like, when you think about um, your allopathic medicine or, you know, your, your regular (laughs) Every time. Yeah, regular, real, um, yeah, regular medicine. What I find is, and I, I've known this through the years, I've, I've known a couple of people, like older people who are on medication, you know, they get treated one body body organ with medication, but that mm. medication may have huge side effects for other body organs. Do you know, you're taking yeah. diuretics, it's leaching your body of potassium and has effect on your liver and toxicity. And if you're going to one doctor, and this is not to take away from doctors, they do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah. I just feel like we need to reconnect back in with with the old way of doing medicine to some end by looking at things a little bit more holistically and not giving a tablet for one organ because you don't have to deal with the other one. And then you have to go to another yeah. doctor for another organ yeah. rather than having to um, have them on sa- all separately, like with yeah. astrological um medical astrology and even Ayurveda and all that. They all come together under one house. And I just love that because... Mm your body is together in one house. Do you know, like it's it's so true. And you know, modern medicine is genius. I'd probably be, I'd probably be dead three times over if it wasn't for modern medicine (laughs) through, you know, maybe some high speed stuff and you know, whatever, but um, it's incredible acute medicine, but for chronic stuff, you know, the drugs we have are great if you need it at that moment, but long-term yeah, one system affects the next system affects the next. It's just like all the research that's just come out on PPIs, things for um, mm. chronic reflux. We now know links to certain cancers, links to mm. kidney disease, links to, mm. you know, the problem is a lot of society wants, has a problem and they're just like, oh, I just want to take a pill and, it, and then it disappears. It's like my I, favorite but not favorite thing is when people come in and you're taking their case and I'm like, so what about blood pressure? Oh no, I've got great blood pressure. <laughs> and then later on you find out they're on blood pressure medication. And I'm like, okay, you actually have high blood pressure, but it's just medicated to be lower now. So it's, it's not that you don't have high blood pressure. It's yeah. That one always mm. cracks me up. Mm. And then they're like, Oh, my blood pressure. I, I saw somebody recently and they're like, Oh no, my blood pressure is great now. So I want to come off my meds. <laughs> like, but you haven't, you haven't done any lifestyle things to change how your blood pressure is. So the minute you come off the meds, it's just, it's going to go up. Let's do some things first to get it down. It's a, I think a lot of it is a lack of understanding and a lack of, because, yeah. I, and I, I've said this in a lot of podcasts, I do feel in our society and the way things are in our world right now is we've become so heavily reliant on our outside world to tell us who yeah. we are, what we are, how to drink, how to eat, how to sleep, how to, how to dress. It tells us everything that we need to be. And that's not really how we operate because it's not a one size fits all society. We're very unique, as you say, like even looking at a natal chart to be able to see how unique we are on a, on a natal chart. Um, And so even in herbal medicine, you take one herb and you could have 10 people in a room and two people might go, Oh, it's amazing herb. Oh, it's fantastic. And the other people go, Oh, well that didn't work for me. So it must be crap. No, it's not. Yes. It's just because yeah. it doesn't work for your constitution or it's yes. not it's not treating you at the right level. You know, need to start at a different level. And it's yeah. I think we need to stop looking at um just because I take paracetamol or a painkiller it will work for everybody because it's forcing your body like yeah. Western or the, the pharmaceutical medicine is forcing your body to do this. And it will do yeah, that. It's with an everybody. intense dosage. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas natural medicine and herbal medicine works slower because we need to figure out what works for you personally. Yeah. Well, and it's slow. The body doesn't heal, you know, modern medicine and getting rid of extreme pain is it's phenomenal that we can do that but yeah long-term health is slow long goals and yeah people always ask how long is this going to work how long was this going to take and um I don't know if you've heard this you probably have with all your study but I loved learning this in naturopathy and they and I think it actually comes from Herring who was a he was a 
famous homeopath. It's one of Harry's Herring's rules or laws of cure, direction of cure. And they say for every month that you've had an ailment, once you're on the right kind of natural medicines, give it a week, one week for every month. And then for every year that you've had an ailment, you need a month. Have you ever heard that? I have. And, and it was you bad have. news oh, for me because I'm 37. So I've had eczema since I was like a year old or six months old. Yeah, and I was like, it doesn't, oh my God, no. <laughs> no, but it doesn't. And then I ha- you have to back it up and say, it doesn't mean it's going to take that long, but it's, you know, give your body some time. Now we would get it much quicker than that. Yeah. Much quicker. <laughs> but, but, um, but that's, you know, yeah, it's, it's nature takes time. And I'm, I find it fascinating with herbs how we all have different reactions to different herbs. Mm. And some people, like I have herbs that I've taken that I'm like, cannot feel it. Other people are like, that's the best herb I've ever had in my life. Or, you know, I've had bad reactions, you know, weird reactions to herbs. And, and yeah, maybe it is. It's not that right herb for me at that time. Or I really love the Native American philosophy. Some traditional tribes had the idea that as a medicine man or woman, you only have a certain amount of herbs that are for you to use. And they would actually go on vision quest to have the herbs speak to them. Have, you know, you need to go commune with the soul of those herbs. And when herbs don't work for me, I'm always like, okay, obviously the soul of that herb, or I need to go connect in with it. And so as much as I might know the biochemical, you know, the constituents of a herb and its actions and how it works, I love the idea that I need to talk to the soul of the herb and have a treaty of how it's going to work. And it's like when you grow things in the garden, you know, if you, if you talk to gardeners, some people are like, oh my God, these things grow super easy for me. And other people are like, that's the hardest thing in the world to grow. Mm -hmm. And I have that with basic culinary herbs. I cannot grow rosemary for the life of me. Whereas it grows into like bushes for everybody else. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Whereas sage, I could take seeds of sage, spit on them, throw them on the concrete, and I'd have a sage tree in a month. It's just one of my herbs. I think we need to look at that. I remember hearing as well, um, I, I think it was in Scotland when I, I was doing an internship, and um, I'm pretty sure it was there that I heard it. And they were saying that if you actually look around, or look around where you live, and I love doing this, so I, I live in a suburban yeah. area. And when I'm walking up past all the houses, there's different weeds grow outside different people's houses. And I know yes. this is going to sound insane for anybody listening, but I, I dare you now and defy you to have a look around and see why are, why is there yarrow? Like outside my house, there's yarrow. It just oh, grows I love yarrow. loads of yarrow and it's all about flow and it's all about uh, circulation and all the rest of it which is very interesting with the eczema, but for, you know, in other people's houses, there's a, you know, there's another house and it's just loads of thistles, loads and loads of mm. thistles. And they're not anywhere else except outside of her house. And I've heard before that certain herbs will grow in like at your house, depending on what you need. So it's like oh, the yeah. herb, it, the herb is trying to communicate. And go, yeah. You need to do this. You need to take I this. Love that. I have heard something similar, but I like the way you said it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Or you notice like when you go on a walk, the herbs you keep noticing, yeah. right? Like at the moment I'm in Australia, we're in springtime. I've lived in the house I'm in for five years, four years. 
But for some reason, for the last two months, not last month, the last couple of weeks, nasturtium is everywhere. And I have never noticed it before. Never. What is nasturtium for? That's um... I need to look that back up. Well, you can eat the flowers. Yeah. I think it's an astringent. I need to look it back up because it's not one that I've, it was one that I remember studying more for like wild weeds, but it's not one I've ever given. Yeah. I feel like it's a. It feels very juicy because it's quite a big like flower. I feel like it's a bit lymphatic and. Oh, I have to look it up. I won't, I won't leave to go get a book, but yeah, I keep, but I keep seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, I walk this path every day for years. I've never noticed the nasturtium before, or maybe just this season it's happening more for everybody. And I think as well, like when I was doing the herbal medicine, a lot Mm. of it was about connecting in and, you know, talking with the plants and, you know, I'm, I'm Virgo. I have a lot of earth in my own chart, but, um, but I remember thinking like, I can't, I can't hear the flower. Why is the flower not talking to me? Um, but actually, analytical, the poor little Virgo brain. I know, I know, it's shocking. <laughs> but the more I worked, so Hawthorne was my first plant study. And I remember I was working oh. really closely with it. And actually, so Hawthorne is very much about the heart. And I had had loads oh. of heartache that year. It was a really, really heartache year for me. But again, that's how the plants communicate. They may You may oh, not yeah. hear this foreign voice inside your head having a chat, but it's actually yeah. more to do with how, what you see, what you yeah. feel, what pops up, what thoughts keep coming yeah. into your mind as well. Yeah. And the use of herbs on an energetic level, like talking about a Hawthorne, it works on the heart physically, but it works on the heart emotionally. Like I love the emotional, spiritual links of herbs. And I'm a huge Bach flower, Bach or Bach, whatever you want to say. I'm a huge Bach flower user. And I, I love, and that I use astrologically all the time, actually. And that's, that is actually, if someone gets really curious about astrology and alternative medicine, the Bach flowers, Edward Bach, who was English, um, devised, originally he devised 12 Bach flowers. And there's now 38 of them, but Bach flowers are flowers you take for emotional, you know what Bach flowers are, right? But just for your listeners, they're herbs you take for emotional state. So it's not even the herb, it's the essence of it or like a homeopathic makeup of it. And he originally created 12. Now he wasn't astrologer as far as we know, but the 12 have been divided down into the signs and they are hilarious and so apt and and um, I've actually done up a little handout on it that if you've been, I think you've been on my website. On my website, you can actually download a Bach flower to astrology link and what they're used for. It's just free. And um, they're, they crack me up. Yeah. In a good way, crack me up. I do, just because I do yeah. love it. It's fab. And I think recently as well, haven't you been doing a little bit of work on lunar cycles as well? Because we had a, yes. a podcast only recently um, with Michelle Walsh and she's basically doing all of that. So we did a whole session on it. But how have you found um, the, the lunar cycles and what has been your kind of like, oh, my God, this is amazing from the lunar cycles aspect? Well, I've been using, and I mean, the lunar cycles have been around for ages. You know, people would, what was she actually talking about the lunar cycles? So I don't repeat what she said. 
And it's a, you can repeat, it's fine. So essentially it was just kind of working with your um, your different phases and tying it in with the moon itself and how you're stronger in some aspects of, you know, between your, uh, I think it's your new moon and your full moon and then full moon and the new moon, you have different kind of strengths and weaknesses that are going on. And then nutritionally what you can eat and what you can do to kind of, you know, some some aspects of your cycle, you're going to be a lot more um so she was talking about the period she was actually talking about women's periods to the cycles as well yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah that's what I meant to say yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the kind of luteal phase the flicker, follicular follicular phase yeah. yeah yeah so um because in astrology we have looking at the eight lunar phases um for and she might have talked about this as well for you know um looking at you know emotional states and you know starting things at the new moon and they're fulfilled at the full moon and then the you know the going downwards from there to the dark of the moon which we're almost at one more day um but yeah there's a lot of research that's come out i mean i've done a lot of lectures in the last year on this where so if you come from a sports science background which is also my other my science side is naturopathy and then sports nutrition and in sports nutrition over the last couple of years, we've realized that in a women's cycle, so this has nothing to do with astrology. We're just going to talk science in a women's cycle. And this might be what the woman was also talking about, but the first day of your period starts your follicular phase. And then if you're, if you've got a perfect 28 day, 28 day cycle, day 14 or thereabouts is ovulation. And then the second half of the cycle is the luteal. And the first half of the cycle you're a lot more lower hormone. Um, estrogen does go higher partway through the cycle, but in general, it's considered a lower hormone 14 days of the cycle. We have better stamina, better strength, more power. Am I totally repeating what she did? No, it's fine. You're okay. Yeah, oh, you're repeating, okay. but it's fine. It's okay. Um, so we we have this insight that our bodies are more similar to a male body. We can lift heavier weights. We recover better. Our body actually deals with carbohydrates better at that time to an extent. I mean, in the grand differences in research, some researchers will say there's not enough information for us to be saying this yet, but it's looking like that's where the research is going. There's minute differences. Um, you'll recover better. Um, and, and then the second half of the cycle you have higher estrogen and higher progesterone and progesterone makes us feel hotter. That makes us, you know, it makes us feel relaxed in some ways, but we don't sports wise. We can't push as hard. We don't recover as well. Our body is more dependent on fats as a fuel rather than carbohydrates while we're exercising. This is where we get our PMS. We have cravings. We, we potentially burn a hundred to 300 more calories during that second half of the phase. But as all the females, or people that have menstruation will know, uh, we probably eat and to make up for that as well. Um, so there's these two halves to the cycle. And then if you overlay the moon cycle to the menstrual cycle and you start at, you know, the new moon, you would place it at, um, at the beginning of your period, right? So you would at the beginning of the follicular phase, because it is, it's the building phase where you're building up in your, in your uterus, you're building up, you know, a mens, you know, the menstruum and, and hopefully for implantation, if you're trying to fall pregnant, but I'm going really sciencey here, sorry. Um, 
So that's kind of new moon to full moon. Ovulation is like full moon. And then that second half of the cycle is like full moon down to the dark of the moon. And um, so I've been lecturing and teaching on that for a couple years, but I also play with it with weight loss, not just, so I use it in sports nutrition, but in weight loss. And traditionally in medical astrology, you would do weight loss when you're at the full moon to the dark of the moon, because that's when the moon is shedding in size. And so people say, oh, you can shed and let go of stuff. You can let go of body fat. But I, with the knowledge, with the modern science knowledge, I'm like, no, I think you need to do weight loss from the new moon to the full moon or from your, your, from the day of your period or the day after till ovulation, because that's when we're more badass. That's when we're stronger. Our hormones come are easier for us to be strict with ourselves. We can work our, out harder and have a higher calorie deficit. And so I've been playing for the last two years with doing what's known as cyclical weight loss. And so if you have a period, if you have a cycle, I get them to do weight loss for the two weeks from the period to ovulation, and then they relax for the next two weeks. And so two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off. I mean, not that you're two weeks off, you go crazy with eating, but you're more gentle with yourself because then you don't always feel restricted the whole time either. So if you don't have a cycle, if you're on the pill, on some type of contraceptive that's stopping you from having a cycle, or if you're perimenopause, menopausal, and have no more cycle, this is where I get people to use the moon cycle and I get them to start like we have the we have the new moon is on. Well, in Australia, it's Saturday. Maybe for you guys, it's that's when you start the weight loss then and you go for the next two weeks. And it's amazing how strong you feel during those two weeks and you have better willpower. And so that's what I've been playing. That's I don't I don't know the other woman, so I don't know what she's been playing with. And can I ask you as well, because I, I remember reading a while ago regarding the moon, because the moon, the moon is so influential to us because it controls our tides. You know, when we've got a full moon, we see differences in our own emotions or it depends on mm. some people are more sensitive to it than others. Um, but in regards to surgery, I know you do surgery dates as well, don't you, yeah. for people? So yeah. like, you know, that might not seem important to some people, but uh, but it can be really, it can Very make important. a huge difference to somebody's recovery. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. Can I also say one other thing though? Yeah. The moon in medical astrology, well, the moon in astrology is about emotions and your. it's also about your habits, your habit patterns, your rituals. Um, and it's it rules digestion it rules the breasts but it especially rules the stomach and digestion and it rules emotions and so we have this matchup of emotions and digestion and food and it's no wonder we're all emotional eaters because mm -hmm. the moon it's all the moon and that's where i also play with that whole weight loss in the moon kind of a thing now moon in surgery so when people are doing elective surgery, if you have an accident, if there's, you know, if you have a cancerous growth and you need something out, just go get it out. So there's all these rules that have been around for a really long time about the moon and surgery. So it's the idea that at the full moon, um, you have more swelling, blood, you, you are more likely to bleed more. So you're trying to avoid surgery you if you were going to be really strict you'd say five days other side of the full moon so it basically leaves you 
the other 20 days of the week of the month. Um, at a tight squeeze, we would say three days either side, just better to leave it out. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're better off closer to the new moon or the dark of the moon. Um, and then there's all these other rules around. Um, and depending on what type of surgery it is, you would go for the moon increasing in size or decreasing in size, depending on what you're doing. Um, but you also, you don't do surgery when the moon is in the sign of whatever you're having surgery on. So say you were having open heart, not that that's, that's an emergency surgery, but anyway, let's just pretend you're having heart surgery. Well, no, we'll go for hand surgery. That sounds better. Hand surgery. So Gemini rules the hands. So you wouldn't want surgery when the moon is in Gemini. Mm. And then you also don't want surgery when the moon is in the same sign as your sun, moon, or ascendant. Oh, really? Because that leeches your energy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like you as a Virgo would try to avoid surgery when the moon is in Virgo. Mm. You can't always do it. You know, you do surgery dates and it's funny because well, sometimes people, sometimes people call. Sometimes you are given. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the surgery chart is the story of the journey of why you're having surgery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at Mars and Saturn and there's there's 20 different things you have to look at. But it is it is quite fascinating. Um and we're in a we're in a Mercury retrograde with a shadow of Uranus at the moment as well. So I'm oh. like, yeah, you don't want to be well. It's probably not the best time to to look at surgery for this? during this time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do you find as well uh, um, during the Mer- Mercury retrograde? So for those of you listening, Mer- Mercury um, is the planet of communication, and when it's in retrograde, that's when everything electrical or anything to do with your communication just breaks down. So we're having a really good session yep. here. I'm surprised. We are. We are. Gone or yeah. Um, but in terms of people who are coming to you, have you found um, there's different sensitivities for people with Mercury retrogrades or for any yep. of the retrogrades? Or have you found that pe- some yep. people feel like everything goes wrong in them and then some people it doesn't affect them? Yeah, I should also say you try to avoid surgery when Mercury is retrograde. Yeah. Because communication, that's where like they take out the wrong tooth or they they leave a sponge inside of you. Or so so some of the big things are no mercury retrograde. And then we also have Mars retrograde at the moment. And yeah. Mars, Mars rules the surgeon's knife. And so you also try not to have a surgery while Mars is retrograde. So basically this month isn't such a crash. No surgery this month if you can avoid it. But but Somebody having to go in and have something redone, mm-hmm. you can do during a Mercury retrograde because Mercury is going backwards. It's redoing itself. Oh, wow. it's, it looks like it's moving backwards in the sky. So having to redo a surgery is a great, can be used. You know, you can use it that way as well. Yeah. Different people with, yeah. Some people I find are much more affected by Mercury retrograde than others. Or there's the people who are born with Mercury retrograde natally in their chart and they hit mercury retrograde and they're like, Oh, I feel great. So yeah, I, I, you know, it's a review time. It makes Mm. us slow down. And yes, there's things that start working funny and you just have to turn it off and turn it back on again. And, and I find some months, you know, mercury goes retrograde three times a year usually. And I definitely find depending on where it is that it's going retrograde, um, what sign it's in, it'll definitely affect people differently. Yeah. 
And do you, what have you found recently that people are coming to you more for out of anything else? Because I think everything, everything in life has a trend. And even I would imagine working as a medical astrologer, people oh. come to you with different trends. What do you find at the moment people are kind of coming to you more so for? Astrology is just booming at the moment. I have to say this year in COVID has been people are at home and they have the time to study or I don't know. It's, it's gone crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm mainly at the moment, so I do reads for people where we just kind of basically look at their general health and their general chart. Like, what are your predispositions? And what people come in, it's like it's a half naturopathy, half medical astrology. So I'm kind of like, what ailments do you have? What health stuff is going on? What do you want to work on? And let's find why you're having trouble with that astrologically. And how to, and then the astrology chart kind of gives me a hint into how to work with them. So I'm doing a lot of holistic medical astrology, more so, um, more so a few surgery charts, but yeah, a lot more holistic. What should I do with my health over the next year? Kind of a how should I? I'm doing a lot of preventative health reading. Mm, yeah, which is awesome that people are taking the time to do that. You know, As you say, I think it's just that time that people are changing. Like there's a lot of change in people's lives at the moment. I'm doing um, mm-hmm. some career astrology for people on a very, very basic level. Um, yeah. But it's I love the fact that astrology can be broken into so many different parts, like career, oh, yeah. psychology, medical, your natal transits, the yeah. whole lot. It's just yeah. fascinating. Um, yeah. So can I ask you, I love to ask everybody what their intrepid wisdom is for the generations that are coming ahead. Is there anything that you feel that is important to reconnect the wisdom of the generations regarding medical astrology? What is my wisdom for the generations? Really don't be afraid to, to, you know, we get, we get so set. I mean, if people are already listening to your podcast, I assume they're on a bit of a different journey anyway, but I think we get so programmed into doing what society says we should be doing or get that job, get that career, go to college, go to school, do this. And really, I think one of the best gifts I ever got was I I took the time to figure out what I was passionate about, even though it was very obscure and and go go play with that, whether it becomes a career or a vocation, more of a hobby. I think that's been one of the greatest gifts I got was having the time, taking the time and not being in a rush to get out in the world and work and, and, and figure that out because I've ended up with this crazy fun career that just keeps getting more amazing because I actually followed what I wanted to do rather than what society said I had to do. And I've, I've had so much fun making up the rules as we go. I mean, I'm not saying I want to be a, you know, something that's just totally unrealistic, but even if it's a little bit left of center or not mainstream, because like being a naturopath wasn't mainstream when I studied it 28 years ago, it's very mainstream now in Australia and everyone's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, no, it was a black sheep thing back then, but don't be afraid of that because if I I think we get so scared that it's not the norm. So that would be my big, I know that's kind of common advice, but God, it's good advice. Oh, it's beautiful. Don't be afraid to take time off, to go on some adventures and find who you are. Because once once you find out some of those passions, it makes finding your work and your career much easier. I, I was at university doing nutrition, but I... 
you know, I didn't really know. I was probably going to end up as, I was also into sociology. Was I going to be a social worker? Like, I'm not a social worker. Um, and I got this opportunity to go to Europe. And, and I remember debating whether to go or not. And a friend pulled me aside and she, and I'm like, oh, but I'm going to miss out on what everyone's doing here. And, oh, but people are, and she was like, get out, just go. She goes, everyone will be here when you come back. It's going to be the same when you come back. You won't have missed anything. Go have your grand adventures and figure. And I didn't know at the time my grand adventures would lead to figuring out what my deepest passions were and naturopaths and all this stuff. And, and I, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Don't be afraid to jump lanes, even if it looks really weird, because that's usually where you find your best stuff. And I think, that's where, I think that's where the astrology as well. For me, I keep like astrology since I've started to study astrology, I'm dreaming about astrology. I'm, I can't, I no longer see, just people I see traits and signs and my brain like my brain is like ooh they like ooh they've got two careers they must have Gemini going on or uh or they're like Uranus they're a real rebel like I can just see so many more patterns in the world but I will say if I had only known about this years ago and it wasn't part of my journey to know about it years ago I would have saved myself thinking that I was just crazy half the time or Mm. just not that I was crazy but I just didn't understand myself fully um And I didn't even I wasn't even looking at myself to understand myself. But when I saw the patterns, suddenly like we are so much more than our sun sign. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than that. Like I'm Scorpio rising. I've got so much Scorpio. It's crazy. And I would never, never, never have thought that. But I think that that's part of what you're saying as well. Go explore. Go find out who you are. Go figure out what your quirk is. Your quirk is part of your journey and your quirk is what helps other people in their journey as well. Um, Well, It's it's probably your genius, right? Your quirk can be your genius. You know, I think with astrology too, to go with what you've just said, it, when I started studying it, it made me be so much nicer to myself because you understand why you are the way you are or why you're nosy about this or why you might be a bit bossy, bossy and interrupt people all the time. It, it makes you kind of go, oh, that's sort of who I am. And so you accept it and then you're actually, it's easier. And it also makes me much more accepting of everybody else and, and their differences, you know, because as when you're young, you can be a lot judgier about people or not see their side because you just haven't lived in their shoes. And, you know, with all those people that irritate you or you struggle with, I find I can find so much more compassion when I understand their energetics. And it's like, that's just how they are. That's how they operate. They don't, they're not going to operate the same as me. And you wouldn't want them to. And I love I love finding that compassion for everybody. I think that's I such a gift. That. I do you know what I completely 100% resonate with that as well because I know for myself yeah. I find so much more compassion for me and it's actually what I'm trying to help people with at the moment. Um oh. so outside of intrepid wisdom that's what I'm actually doing. I'm trying to to help people in that way by using astrology. Um and then, uh, yeah, compassion for other people. And I actually, oh. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but we're going into the age of Aquarius and 
I see astrology just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger again. And I can see it as being a way of helping us to be a little bit more compassionate for other people mm. who are around us as well. I think it's yeah. a it's a really important uh, part of who we are. You know, it's not oh, there yeah. for no reason. So let's use it for let's yeah. use it for for good reasons. Oh, um, absolutely. I could just talk about this forever. I just absolutely yes, love it. I know. So. But I know. It, it's just been so good to have you on. And I'm really, really grateful that you uh, came on to share your wisdom. And oh. I, I could talk to you for ages because I just, you have so much wisdom and knowledge. It's mm. fantastic. Um, but if people wanted to get in contact with you, if they want to do sure. some of your courses, because you actually have some courses online and yep. if they wanted to do readings with you or sessions yep. with you, how can they get in contact? So um, my astrology website is called Astrology of Health, just one word, Astrology of Health. And that's what I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Astrology of Health as well. And um, but my website is actually new and improved as of like two months ago. And um, so there's lots to read, a little bit to download. Um, there will be more free downloads soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, there's a whole page of different courses, like introduction to medical astrology or other specific topics. Um, there's actually a lecture on there about the cycles, the moon cycles. Um, so yeah, it's, there's, you know, you can email me from there as well. And, um, you know, just remember I might be in a different time zone, so I don't reply super fast, but usually within 24 hours. And, um, yeah, my website's probably the easiest place to find me. Yeah, you have tons yeah. of information. It's fab. Anybody who's anyway curious by anything we spoke about today, you have to check out the website. Um, mm-hmm. And you've done other, some YouTube videos and podcasts as well, and you'll be able to find all that there. It's really fab. Yeah, yeah so- actually, I have links. I have links to all the astrology podcasts I've done. So once this is up, this will be linked on the website. So you can oh. have a little, you can have a day of playing on with you know, playing with podcasts, loveless. You've also given us a free PDF download as well. For I people, have. Which will be available. I'll give that in the links below and I'll put it onto the website yeah. as well. So thank you so much. Actually, and that, speaking of where do people start, that free download is exactly where people should start. Um, it's so you've looked at it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, that is yeah, literally it's actually very thorough. It's very informative. Well, and very, very thorough. Normally. I normally sell that at conferences. So that's, yeah, that's a great little gift that's going to go through, yeah, signs and body parts. And it does go through vitamins and herbs. And please don't just go run out and take stuff like that. That's more just to learn about it. It's don't, don't think you should go run out and take every herb that's characteristics. there. You're showing more characteristics yeah. and, and yeah. common tra- traits than, yeah, telling people to go out and do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. That's Thank awesome. So I love that handout. So for those of you who are um, listening to the podcast or watching the video, don't forget to like, comment and share to let me know that you care. Uh, to stay up to date, hit the subscribe button and the bell to receive notifications. And for podcast links and free gifts, check out intrepidwisdom.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. In the meantime, stay curious. Thanks so much. <laughs>